Welcome, everyone. We are back. I know it's been a while. It's Vig Free. Got my man Brian Rast here as usual. But our guest today, Malika Razavi, World Series of Poker Bracelet winner. She won the Bounty Tournament online back in September 2020 for World Series Bracelet on GG. And she's also playing some of the highest stakes poker in the world right now at the Triton event. So, Malika, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me again. I really appreciate it. It's always fun uh, chatting to you. Yes, well, great to have you back. Yeah. And and Rast, I want to actually dive right in because you were in the booth on yes. Malika's deep run and uh, I believe $30,000 buy-in or was it? Yes, it was a 30K buy-in. 30K buy-in. She finished 11th place, but kind of more exciting than that. Rast, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you saw? Yeah, so I was in the booth, 30K six max, and um, Malika was one of the chip leaders for a very long time, you know, leading up to the final table and actually, uh, it, it, that's correct. Right. Yeah. And I believe actually like right on the bubble, her and Fedor were the two chip leaders, both with over 3 million, both at the same table, actually kind of unfortunate for you in that he was in directly in position, a little bit annoying, you know, like three tables left and, or whatever. And you'd like to be able to just ravage, but now you have like the one guy who can hurt you directly in position. So, yeah. And, and he knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, he's one <laughs> yeah. of the greatest players of all time. And I'm sitting at that table and thinking, hey, you know, I know we were on a bubble and I want to put pressure on the guys, uh, you know, play wider ranges. And then like he's sitting on my left and it's it was so much more difficult for me to to play the game as I wanted to, but I still try. I still try. Oh yeah, no, you you did great <laughs> on the way up to the bubble. I mean, you were maintaining your stack or, or even building. But yeah, there was one hand in particular that I kind of wanted to uh, go over because I just thought it was a cool hand, right? So if I remember, you're on the button, you open. I don't remember the blinds, but um, I think Sam Greenwood was in the big blind. You had over three million. Fader fold small blind. Sam calls the big blind with yeah. like 600K. I think he had about just over 400K. Okay. And then um, I'm not going to say the hands right now, okay? The flop is queen, jack, deuce, rainbow. He checks. Do you remember your sizing? I don't. I, I bet about one third, I think, uh, there. Just 40%. I think I, I bet 40%. Okay. He calls. The turn is... A three, I believe, bringing a club flush, flush draw. He checks. And if I remember, you put them all in for a little more than pot. Let's say like 1.2 or something, right? It was, as I said, he's total, I think, 400. But I did go over the top. I think it was 2x pot almost. When he took okay, so it was, it was I think it was around there. Obviously, okay. it plays so many hands. So it's like difficult to remember a specific hand. But I did just shove all in, like putting him under yeah. pressure to get him uh, out of like a lot of the straight draws, flush draws, or even a pair of jack. Yeah. And so he actually had jack 10, which is a tough hand to call because like it's a 10. Bubble. Well, not only is it the bubble, but obviously even the 10 kicker blocks a lot of, uh, you know, of your higher equity semi bluffs, let's say. But uh, I, I that hand stood out to me because you didn't have Actually, Jack 10 would have you drawing dead if he had called. Yes. You had 8-5. I had zero equity. Yeah, 8-5 one club. <laughs> savage. That's and savage. I was like, okay, that's savage. Yeah. You just, she just abused him right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a cool hand. It stood out to me because it, it's um, – when you're in the booth, it's, it's kind of like one of those things where 
you see a lot of hands or where people are playing like somewhat standard and then but then you definitely notice the ones where people don't for whatever reason it's it's not you're like and by that i mean you see some hands where it's like okay well almost everyone is making this decision here but then at some point you know in hands you get spots where okay like not everybody does this and and then you're like okay like you know let me think about this and i just thought that was cool because when i'm thinking about the hand i'm like wow well she is really putting Sam in a lot of pressure. Yes. He folded a jack. You see, also, I think that's why one of the reasons I love playing live games yeah. is also because uh, body language is very important. Obviously, body language, psychology, just because of poker. So I wanted to understand more of humans' body language. And and with that, when I looked at him and I was when I, when I was playing with... Uh, in that hand specifically, as I remember correctly, he wasn't very confident about his hand. And I was thinking either I'm going to check back right now and give up. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to go with, um, I, I bluffed the hand. I'm just going to go all in right now. I'm not going to pull back. Like sometimes in poker, we all do weird things. It's like even the top poker players in the world, you're just like, what is he doing? Uh, so as long as you know you are making that mistake, or as long as you know this is not the right move, that you would do it all the time, and you do it here and there, you just need to have that gut and say, you know what, I'm going to go for it. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Because I'm sitting, yes, in a live game uh, on the TV table, and I know everyone is watching me, and I know I'm going to have a lot of judgment. People are going to be like, oh, look, look, she's just like spewing money, or she's... You know, a lot of people would have that judgment. Yeah, people yeah. are very judgmental. It takes courage on the TV table because yes. yeah. you know people will see the hand, especially if you do something that's like not standard. That's, that's right because it also funny. it's like as cool as it is when it works. It's genius and it's exciting and not call if you have zero percent. It's like wow, what is this person doing? Like yeah, so that's that's uh, very cool. Actually, that was another. I don't. We have a lot to talk about. Magician, beauty pageants, Miss Iran, Global. I've done a bunch of different things, so we have a lot to cover. But it, just on the poker side. How do you use it for your advantage? Because these guys mostly know each other. There's a lot of people playing these training events, the business side too, like guys have played and then a lot of top players in the world. And you obviously, you played some high stakes cash games, but a lot of these people probably have never played with you. So how do you, how is that a, how do you use that to your advantage? Funny that you actually asked, uh, like an hour ago, I had a conversation with a guy about like, you know, the event. And he said, well, uh, you're not plus EV right now in these games. Uh, you shouldn't pay me play this, this, this. And I said to him, you know what? If I don't put myself in this situation, if I don't put myself in this field, if I'm just going to be scared that, oh, I'm going to lose and I'm never going to gather that experience. All of them, all of the guys that are here that are the best today, they were started from somewhere. So it's like baby steps. Yes, I might not be on the top right now, but I'm gathering information. Every single hand that I play, I can see how they play, what they think, you know, it, it teaches me a lot. So I, I am so grateful that I was um, able to play this event. And it did make me realize a lot of different things that is completely different than any other event I've ever played. Like, well done to Triton, honestly. Yeah. You know, the thing you said on, on the last, I, I am going to take it back real brief. It's like, when you make a, you have a live read like that in the moment of like, okay, he feels uncomfortable that actually changes the situation a lot, especially when you're right. Like it's in that situation on the bubble. If you have a read that he's not strong, you're actually probably supposed to just bomb everything 
and maybe actually check back value. Like that's how strong that read can be. Right. So, I mean, it's one thing to say, Oh, like it's the wrong play, but that's the funny thing about it is that, um, you know, when you have reads, especially powerful reads in situations, it can like drastically change what a right or wrong play is. And I think people can get too caught up in, Oh, I need to replicate what like a solver would tell me here. Okay, great. Like that's, if you have zero information, but like, that's not the case in live. And it's cool that you like made a read in the, in the spot and then like had the courage to go for it. Right. And in a spot with like zero equity. So I, yeah, that was cool. And I just, that hand, I mean, uh, I met you for the first time a couple nights ago and I, if you remember, I was like, told you the exact hand. Cause I just, yes. that hand stood out to me. I thought that was cool. So yeah. Cheers. Uh, and, and, and thank you. I, I just wanted to remind you, do you remember the, uh, I was sitting very short stack. This is also the hand that actually like I could have gone completely broke. And a lot of uh, top players, they told me that they would have lost all the chips in that hand. Then I had two pair, four, five, and then the, the guy turned his set. So I was just like playing um, very passive. I didn't raise a flop, which I would usually raise a flop. On the flop, I have a two pair. I check call, turn comes a nine. It was a check, check, river. I check and he make a massive bet on the, uh, on the river. And I just flat call him, even though with a two pair. Um, and he had a set. And every poker player I talked to, they said they would have lost all the chips in that hand. So, you know, you can say you play right or you play wrong. It's also how you look at it and how you, if you're sitting in that moment uh, and feeling the pressure, and it's my first time playing such an event, feeling that pressure, trying to think, what can I do here that is best for me? Yes, maybe it may be a stupid, but based on your reads and based on how you play, I, I would just go for it. Yeah, no, it's well yeah. said. Well said. And we ha- we do have to mention that you have won a World Series bracelet because on the podcast we were on, on my podcast back in September 2020 or late August, you hadn't had a bracelet. And then like a month later, you did. So tell me about that. 2,200 players. It's one of the first events online because you had said you want to go to Vegas to the World Series. You couldn't get a visa at the time with, I believe, Trump and just like the way that the, the legal stuff was set up. So what was that like for you to win that bracelet? And do you remember the heads-up match? And, and tell me a little bit of uh, how that tournament went for you. Uh, it was the most amazing feeling. Obviously, as I mentioned before, it was just so overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed. I was running around the house with the laptop in my hand, like screaming on the final table. And, you know, it was just amazing, like looking back at it, especially like, I keep, I always kept telling myself, like, you're going to get there no matter what, whether you're sponsored or not, whether if you have, uh, you know, you're working with a company or not. And I, I, we did talk about this back in, back in 2020. Yeah. And I said, like, unfortunately, just because I'm Iranian, I cannot be an ambassador. I cannot, but I'm not going to give up. Right. I'm going to prove to myself that I can do it so the rest of the world can see, wow, she has actually tried and she has achieved it. And this was a conversation yeah. in your podcast. And a few weeks later, uh, when the um, uh, WSOP was held online for the first time due to COVID, yeah. I decided, you know what, let me just play. And the first event I played, I, I got the best. I was just overjoyed. I cannot explain the feeling. I'm sure like all the poker players know exactly what I'm talking about. Everyone dreams of that moment. Everyone actually dream of that moment is standing in in a uh, live game in Vegas to get yeah. the bracelet. 
But I think it, would, it didn't take anything less for me. Like, it was just amazing feeling. For sure. Well, we do have to point out that is on GG Poker, and that is actually right now, right? It's September 2022, and there are bracelets awarded online, including the main event, which is coming up a 5K buy-in, 20 million guaranteed. Are you going to be able to find a time to play? Because you can play from Cyprus. Is that? Have you looked at the online schedule, or are you just got a bracelet now? It's it, you're done. You can play from the yes. Cyprus. Yes. I, was, I, I clarified that because I know it's kind of uh, the country has some different rules, but it is available to play. So. You can play from here. Yes. Yes. So you, that might be something you look into before you leave. I would definitely play it. Definitely. Very cool. And uh, I, I got to ask uh, again about. Women in poker, this is something, you know, we've touched on. There's two women that played the $200,000 buy-in, the Coin Rivet Invitational. Pretty pretty crazy, right? I think in the history of poker rest, maybe like Kathy Laney, um, you know, Abby, Ebony Kenny obviously played this one and made the final table. But there's not many women that have played high roller, you know, 100K plus buy-in. So tell me about that feeling, what it was like to, to get in the tournament, to be able to play, and, and just sort of your overall takeaways from that. To be honest, um, it was literally the last minute, the night before, I got notified that uh, uh, I'm going to put you in. And I was like so shocked, so surprised. It took me a while to... You just pick up on that. We can we'll edit, we'll edit this out. Or just tell them to say no thank you. I don't know if they're calling. Oh. Okay, but if I want to put it sideways, so no one can say. Yeah, it's fine. All good, so I'll redo that so part. I'm just gonna yeah, we'll do like a, so they know to edit it. Um, what time is this at? Just so I can sell them. Okay. Uh, and how are you doing, rest with your thing? So far, no message. Okay. Um, so what was I saying about the 200K? So about the yeah. 200K, there was three women, isn't it? There were Chinese, she's Chinese. Oh, yeah, she's played right. that too. So, yeah, so, so yeah, I'll mention was, yeah. I, I think it's only three, though. Yeah, three. only three. All right, so I'll redo that. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, and, and tell me, the $200,000 of it invitational, the 210000 so it'd be, there was three total women. So, CJ Jang, who I know has played several high-stakes buy-ins. Kathy Laney's not here, but she does. Ebony Kenny made the final table, scored a huge score, and you played. So, tell me what it's like representing women in such a minority in this type of situation. How does that feel, and how was your experience? Uh, it was amazing feeling, obviously, as... Um I talked to you before about this, that I was not going to play this event. And the night before, um, Phil, I spoke to Phil, and then he said he would put me in. I was so obviously overjoyed. I was like, wow, is this actually happening? Is this yeah. real life right now? Is yeah. this happening to me? Well, there's a lot of Phil's in poker, maybe the most common big name. So Phil Phil Nagy. Phil correct. Nagy, Phil yes. Nagy, correct. So he, he played. He, and, offered, he yeah. offered to put me in. And, um, yeah, and... Uh, I I was overjoyed and uh, I got to play it. Unfortunately, only played three level and got knocked out with a bad beat. Uh, as I mentioned again, I when I walked there, I, I froze for a few seconds before getting up the table because I I couldn't believe I actually lost this hand. And also, this was like the biggest uh, tournament I've ever played. So right. there was so much emotion inside of me that I cannot explain. There was so much emotion. And I just walked and I just didn't know how to act. There was a camera in my face. I just tried to get away from the camera. Yeah, and right. They're probably like, they want to interview, come over here. Meanwhile, you're just like, what do you I know, couldn't. please, I can't. It was yeah. the first time ever, like I've played high stakes. I've played many tournaments. I never get emotional. As long as I know I played it good, I didn't make mistakes, then I don't feel bad. But this was just like very emotional for me when I got and, bad. Uh, I, I know the feeling, actually. Um, even though it, it wasn't like the first high stakes tournament ever, but, uh, 
the feeling of the first million dollar. I played the first one drop. I got knocked mm-hmm. out. I actually made the final table. Our good friend Antonio, well, who you know, Iranian as well, won. Um, and I got knocked out with like a pretty sick, cooler hand. And it's that feeling when it's like all in front of you are gone. You're kind of like, oh man, I guess I'm done. I have to go, right? Like, I, I want to say, go. Like, I wonder what's happening. I'd like to sit and watch you and <laughs> hang out. I have yeah. to leave. Yeah. All these people are going to have fun. I'm yeah. not going to win the 18 million. It's, uh, it's over. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. It's, it, you know, and then, and then also a little bit of disbelief. You kind of don't want to answer any questions about anything. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I, I will actually, an interesting side note to this is like, you may be thinking, I think it's one of the interesting things for women in poker. I don't have full, obviously, but like my kind of, I feel like there's a lot of kind of haters a bit, or to use that word lightly, or people that are kind of like jealous or envious. Right. So it's like part of like Malika getting asked to play, maybe you could, mentioned phil saw you play this isn't just like oh hey someone's in the casino let me throw two hundred thousand in on someone who you know is obviously someone who's a beautiful woman like oh let's play no it's like he played with you he saw you right you guys play together or he saw the hand he knew like you're bluffing your chips you have experience you carry yourself well it's not just like let's take a a, a flyer yeah you want a world series bracelet you're playing live you play high stakes cash games it's not like a crazy move by i i you know, it's very hurtful when I talk about it because I got very bad reactions when I said to a lot of people that I'm playing it. Um, I got very bad reaction, especially from a woman that I never expected because I was so happy to see women are like playing in the event and yeah, and I was so happy for them. But uh, I was very sad that night after doing the seat draw. I walked away from the event and I went to my room and my friend was sitting with me and I was so heartbroken to see why, like why would people envy you for wanting to play this? And like, never forget that if somebody, if any other woman is in there, they also got the same opportunity as me. So like, it was very, it was, I was very heartbroken. I tried the next day to meditate, go to the salt room and like take it off me because it, it took it, it took me by like, it was well, in poker envy like will destroy you yeah because the thing is there's oh there's tournaments every week and somebody's always winning it and if you have the problem that you're envious of other people's success that'll really eat you in poker because it's like so easy to just get lost down but that I, hole. I think my point too is like that's that's the problem a bit is like there's there is some extra pressure and extra stresses yeah. right because people will judge maybe oh like how did she get in or why is she in right like why you know what i'm saying like that's i feel like that kind of energy can happen right so it's 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 like I would expect it less from a woman, but if it comes from a woman that's also playing an event, it was just like, no, don't like, you know, I, I support you. It doesn't matter what we are, the woman inside this event, we have to support each other. And regardless of like how people reacted to me, I was until the end very supportive towards both of the women. And yeah. I was so proud of Ebony uh, that she made the final table. I was rooting for her when she was a short stack before the bubble. I was rooting for her. I hope she's going to make almost it. Went, she almost bubbled. Yeah, she yeah, was yeah. two and a half lines. It was crazy. And I she remember you, I did, you were saying, you were saying, I hope she makes, I hope she does well. And like, yeah. that's great. I mean, that's, you know, that is, that's, that's the kind of energy and spirit, which is great. Because so. it's a, because she's a woman. I want to see her do, you know, history. It's, right. It doesn't matter if it's me or if it's another woman. As long as women make it, it will empower others to say, you know what? She's right. done it. 
So why can't I? Right. Well, I mean, look, three out of 90 entries in the 200K were women. That's a pretty low percent. I mean, talking. and that, that's a low percent, but it's actually high for an event like this. Right. Like one in 30. Yeah. I mean, that's above average for yeah. a, a nosebleed like super high roller. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think if that gateway, I mean, I think everybody, not even just women, but obviously women more, but even men, like me sitting in the booth, I'm, I was stoked to see it. Like really happy because, I mean, think of it this way. That's half the population in the world that kind of, let's not say they don't play poker, but like a much smaller percent much play poker, which is part of the reason why you see, you know, less women uh, playing these super high roller events. And, you know, that's like a huge segment that if they get a little bit more excited to play, if they have usually, you know, people aren't trailblazers, but they'll follow someone who's already done it. So like when the doors get opened and people see, oh, hey, like a woman can do it too, makes it easier for someone to say, hey, I can do it. And that's just bringing more people to the game that like obviously all of us and probably a lot of people watching the pod like know and love and play. So it's yeah. good for everyone. For sure. Well, uh, again, very, very. And, and you did cash 11. You had a nice score at Triton. And maybe could you tell us a little bit about your first Triton event? What are some things that are unique to other tours and places you've been? Would you say that Triton stands out to you in terms of the production and the, the aesthetics? Like, how, how has your experience been at the event? By far, the best poker event I've ever played. Wow. And congratulations to them and their team, but the effort they put in. Um, they'll have an amazing team. Everything, I cannot say, like, like words cannot explain how good this event is. So, like, you have to come play it, understand exactly. Like I said, I wouldn't want to play any other event but Triton after right. what I saw. Like, the organization, everything was just perfect. You feel comfortable. Everyone knows exactly what's happening. The dealers even know you get any information from the dealers and they, they answer. That was the first time, actually, like, asking dealers questions and they knew yeah. everything. Right. So, that shows, like, the difference between Triton and any other event. And obviously, as I said, because it's VIP and it's like much smaller mm -hmm. than other events, they can control it a lot better. But I'm sure other events could could uh, do very similar. Right. If uh, they try. For sure. And Ras, I know we got to see some magic the other night. So you actually were. It's crazy because one of Antonio Asfandiari is one of our best friends and also is a world class poker player. Also was a magician. He's also from Iran. I know you got to speak with him on my podcast. That was fun where we called in and had a good time, but maybe tell me a little about the magic and, and she's legit. Like she's like, it was like, I've seen great tricks from Antonio to kind of leave you questioning like, wow. And, and you were in that level and, and it was very impressive. So tell me a little bit about your, your magic history and when did you actually start? What age were you? So I always loved playing with cards. I always say this word. I always loved playing with cards. And at the age of 16, I started, um, like, I, I looked at magic and I fell in love with it. I was like, wow, this is super interesting for me. And I remember when, uh, when uh, I went to this magic show, Larry Safa is a very uh, famous South African magician and he was bending the spoon. And I went to him and I asked him, how did you do it? He said, you must become this spoon and you can bend it. This is like... So I went home, I sat on my bed and I looked, I'm not joking, for like probably five hours until the morning I was staring at the spoon to become the spoon. So then I was like, no, I need to learn this. I need to, so I, I taught myself how to do magic. I got a little bit of information from here, but I created a lot of magic for myself. Right. And uh, I started performing as a magician, uh, events function, and I traveled the world and, and then I decided, you know what, I want to pursue more with poker, so I put that aside. 
And and what's more, what, what would you recommend to someone at home if they're watching? What's easier to become a magician or a professional poker player? Or do you need to do both? Is, it, think, a, is it a starter pack? <laughs> no I think if you have passion with what you do, yeah. everything becomes very easy. Uh, if you don't have passion and you want to force yourself to learn something, it's not going to be easy. Like, you know, but it was so easy for me because I was not getting tired the amount of time I was putting yeah, of learning magic. So I was not and shuffling the cards and making sure like the way I do. It takes hours and hours of hours to make sure you, you get it correct. So if, if you don't have passion for it, first like an hour, you say, you know what, I, I cannot do this. And you get up and leave. Well, I know Ras and I are gonna, we're going to try to get at least one trick. Maybe you can show up. That's one of the cardinal rules, right? You have to learn on your own. You can't share anything. Is that, is that, is that the, do you ever show any friends? Have anyone asked you to help them learn magic? Have you done that? Um, yes, there has been like a lot of people ask me, but I don't, obviously the same magician never revealed their trick. Yeah. So Antonio told me once, he said, I'll teach you one trick. You got to like learn, do this. He was like showing me. And after you do one, you can come back or whatever. I never went down that path. It does seem tedious, right? It's, it's like anything, golf, poker, you got to put time in. You can't just like do it in 20 minutes and learn a trick. And I think like, exactly. Uh, I think if you want to learn it because you're so excited to know how, yeah. how this was done and as soon as you know how it was done, it just like kills it for you. So I always tell people it's best for you to not know so you're always curious and excited when you see magic. Right. Yeah. As, as soon as you know it, you're just like, okay, why well, it's done like this? You know, then it's not exciting anymore, especially if you see how easy it's done. For sure. <laughs> and you cannot catch yeah. it. <laughs> right. I have a video of one of the ones. I'm trying to maybe go back and replay, but it's crazy. It really is. There were some like really mind-blowing tricks. So uh, it was very cool. I got I want to ask also about the competitions in Missy Rand Global and these different things you've done what was that like and was that was there some was it just kind of easy for you or did you how many years did you compete to win tell me a little about your journey with that obviously nothing comes easy yeah um i always say when you put your thoughts in uh, everything is starts with a thought right and every day if you put that thought and do action do something about it later on you make those thoughts into reality into a physical reality so I always had this thought of being a beauty queen and um, standing on a stage. It was at the back of my mind. And starting was, from how old? I think I was like nine or 10. And that was okay. in Iran. It was like not possible because you cannot do it in Iran. So everything was held outside of Iran. Mm. And, uh, you know, even if you watch the Oscars, they say we, we visualize this. We dreamed about this. But they also put the hard work towards it. Right. So I, I did everything that I could. I was like, uh, I studied fitness um, and sports science. And I was exercising about six hours a day, daily. And I, I was really into it. And I, you know, I got the offer to uh, participate in the events. I started doing it and it went like super well for me. And that's when I took the Miss Iran title, went to, to the Philippines and competed in 37 countries and where I won a Miss Fitness in 2016. And also I had other offers from Miss Globals and everything like yeah. that to, to represent Iran because it was very hard. You know, you want to represent the country. You know you might not be able to ever go back. The chances that you're taking to pursue your dreams, you know you're never going to see your family again. Really? That's for, for pageant stuff? as well I, I knew for poker but i didn't realize that so like well so what about like when someone wins missy ran missy ran these type of you're saying they actually like it's outside of iran wow that's fast so all the girls like outside of iran iranian outside of iran that they can participate in this the, the girl from iran they can also participate outside of iran 
but like it should be like super unknown. But I would never take a chance to to go back because I'm basically playing with my life. Even though they say it's okay, you can yeah. Go back. Antonio as well says this about poker, right? Like he hasn't gone back. Yeah, and especially like because my pictures was uh, all over social media, all over the internet. She was Miss Fitness. I'm standing in bikini. It's like you know, it's uh, personally I would not take the chance. So it it, it took a lot of courage knowing that I might not be able to to see my family for a very long time uh, but I went forward because it was what I wanted to do I wanted to do that and Miss Power Woman was also to encourage women you yeah. know, to, to say hey you know what nothing is going to stop you it doesn't matter if I was from Middle East when I had no money when I traveled to South Africa when I had nothing when I was right at the bottom my mom looked into my eyes and said Never forget where you are today, but one day you're going to look back and see how far you have gone. And I will never forget this because I remember the day that she told me this. So it's super important what you put into the children's mind and what to believe. And, and you know, my career just took off from there and then the poker came yeah. along and, you know, and I just decided at some point I'm going to stop with pageants. Uh, I did it. I achieved the things I wanted to. Right. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to pursue more with poker career and go and completely 100% into poker. And so you did I'm that doing. in 2016. And what's what's the one that you, uh, the fit, it was Miss Fitness. I, I won the title of Miss Fitness yeah. 2016. And then 2017, I won the Miss Power Woman World. Okay. Oh, so, so it was a couple of years and multiple pageants. Yes, multiple yeah. pageants. So the Miss Power Woman was like, when you say Miss Power Woman, people think it's physical, like physiques and things like that. It wasn't that. It was more IQ test, EQ test. It would put you through different challenges, group, oh. uh, leadership, to see how mentally powerful you are as a person, as yeah, a not woman. not powerlifting, but like... Yes, no. Yeah. So they did all of these tests on us. And funny enough, when I arrived in Punta Cana, it was in Punta Cana, both my luggage never arrived. So I had no clothes. Wow. So throughout this whole uh, two weeks event, I was, and we were in this little island, uh, I had to get uh, clothes from the girls to, to wear to through the competition. Oh, wow. So wow. it was like super <laughs> insane. I faced my fears. I did like so many things that I would never do. And at the end of the day, I, I won. And when I was standing on that stage, I was like shaking. I knew in my heart, um, I deserve to win this title. Right. I deserve. I've done everything. I put everything out on the table. And and when I got it, it was just again like I was just so overwhelmed and joy. And I started crying. And they told us like you cannot cry. There, I was like I just couldn't hold it back. <laughs> <laughs> which which one? If you had to choose one, which was more? Which felt more? Uh... I'm gonna go with the second one. The, the, no, I'm saying no, no, no. Uh, those competitions or the World Series of Poker bracelet. Like oh, how, and how are they oh, different? Yeah. I guess. Ooh. Uh, for me, poker is my biggest passion right. in life. Uh, being a beauty queen was something I always wanted to do, right. and I did it. I proved myself that I can do it. But poker, I cannot. I cannot compare anything to poker. So definitely the title. Uh, and I think the most emotional part of everything I had was this 200k the way I, I busted. I've never had this emotional turmoil. Like in that day, I was completely like finished. I felt exhausted. Well, maybe yeah. Ras can shed some light on this because you know I, I've played some 100k buy-ins. I've never played at 200k. Ras has played 500k's, one millions, and you know they've gone well. You you won one for 7.5 million, right? The 500k that was a very prestigious one. But you also you bust 300k's or a 500k. It hurts, right? Like how how can you kind of uh, 
shed light on that because it's not easy, yeah. right? It is it is tough when you bust a big vine. Well, like anything in life, there is some amount of getting used to it. So like the first one you play or you know, the first couple are different than like as you keep doing it. It's like it's crazy, but human beings really do get used to doing anything. You know, like I'm trying to the um it's like the the movie, that documentary where that guy like free free solo. Mm-hmm. And it's climbing that rock and you're just like, oh, but, you know, you watch him do it and it's like, OK, no problem. Like I'm just doing this amazing, like death defying feat. But he's he's good is probably his like heart rates barely even change. Right. So, yeah, it, the first like the first time, you know, I I uh, I I even remember like the first WSOP I came to a long time ago. And it's like you know, like the first time you're at a table with like a poker star who you saw on TV you know, and it's like, oh, wow, I'm playing with like Chris Ferguson. And, uh, you know, you know, nothing except you've actually like seen this guy in TV yeah, and just like remember it. And, but then, you know, at some point, all that stuff just becomes normal. So, yeah, the first one, you probably will not feel like that again, yes. you know, because now you've had that feeling and this and the next time. Yeah, it'll be like a little more normal. And it just kind of keeps going that way. Yeah. And and are, is that are you, from that experience? Are you? feeling oh i can't wait for the next one or, or that was so intense like i because i mean these don't happen every day yeah, of course i'm waiting for the next one you know <laughs> I, I i always say like i love challenges yeah. i live by you know doing little things every day to learn something more or to put myself through challenges or difficult right. things to be able to basically like solve it or you know to do better the next time i'm, I'm looking forward to the next one very nice and I, you use the word there solve i gotta ask people nowadays there's so much tools and poker do you have what is your methodology do you like to watch final tables review do you do anything with coaches or some work how do you how do you improve your poker game and don't give us all the secrets if you're deep in the yeah, field so i, I just give you briefly uh, obviously i use some solvers and i have coaches like i studied with coaches um some of the top poker players in the world and you know, I go through hands with the players. Like if I don't, if I think there's something, I ask them about the hands. Go through it, and I think you can't do more than that. I study the ranges. Every six months, everything changed. So it doesn't matter how much you study. You must keep studying. You must keep right. learning every day. So that's what the one exciting part of poker is. Just like it doesn't end. So <laughs> what is your what is the regular game? Do you play or or regular games? Like are you more a cash player tournament? Is it really both or just to? I play both. I, I, I think I used to play a lot more tournaments before. Okay. And since uh, when during COVID, I started playing more cash games because it was like everything was online and, you know, there were some like good tournaments online. And I started playing more cash games. I, I do because I don't know how, how would I like rate myself cash game player or poker player. I'm both because I yeah, love no. both. So, yeah, which is is totally fine. I'm just like tell the people. Like, yes, I play, I play both. You know, like I study <laughs> both. I understand both games. You know, like a lot of people say, "Oh, you you've been playing like cash game for all of this. You want to just jump straight into tournament? Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yes, I I, I I'm okay because I understand. You know what I'm doing." <laughs> do you have a preference in terms of what you like more, and also do you have a preference in terms of which one you think your form you think you're better at? Um, I think because, I mean, in this field, if I have to say like in, in Triton field, like coming for a first time. No, not necessarily just Triton. Like let's say cash or tournaments. 
Which do you prefer and which do you think? Yeah, like say $100,000 main event, Triton or 100000 you buy in for a cash game? Definitely Triton. Like a tournament? You prefer. Yes. Tournament. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Definitely. Nice. It is, tournaments are fun, right? They're fun. You get As chance. I say, it's more you, can, you can win. It's There's a result. There's yeah. A, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And where is uh, where is your goal now for poker in terms of being an, would you like to be an ambassador for a site? Would you like to win a certain amount of money or bracelets? What is the goals for you? I want, I would love to be an ambassador. Uh, I like to get a stake, you know, like I think every poker player have that in mind, but I've been uh, trying, working hard, doing different businesses and then putting my own money every single time, putting money and playing like, you know, 30K, 50K. Um, I sell like some actions here and there, but it's like, it's nice to know that as a woman, when I try for this many years and I get far, uh, see some appreciation in a Pokeball. Not just like brush me under the carpet and not notice me. Even though you see, I try my social media to bring to bring it up more and talk about it. But I felt like, you know, I, I go unnoticed, especially like playing all of these events and obviously you, you talking to me now about it, which is like really good. Maybe they don't know it or maybe they've never seen me in a poker world, but I, I would love to see some appreciation. So other women can say, you know what? She's done it. She got noticed. She got somewhere. Not like I've seen so many just because I'm an Iranian. It's a disadvantage. It shouldn't be. We are all human. Right. And we have, we all here to play poker and to be good and to win something. So to just divide me just because I'm an Iranian, okay, just because she's an American girl or uh, from uh, from Europe, they, like these girls, they come and get like a sponsor so quickly. And then I'm, you know, do you understand what yeah. I mean? It's, it hurts yeah. me. But at the same time, I don't let that hurt to push me back. I fight more for mm-hmm. what I want. That's why I'm here today. I'm playing the Triton events, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's also why you're here from our perspective, because yeah, I mean, we want to support you with that. think it's great. Uh, obviously saw you out there playing well and crushing and are like, okay, let's go. Let's give some shine. I just want to say that, you know, after you get your sponsorship, you win all the bracelets and money and you're super big time. Just remember us here at Big Free big and maybe free, come yeah. back come, on for pods, right? Yes. You know, of course I would. And right. I said how many times. I really appreciate that these <laughs> yeah. two guys are actually putting effort and having this interview with me to put my words out there for women, you know, never give up, try your best. If you want to do it, it doesn't matter. There's many people going to be in life telling you that you can't do it because they don't believe that you can. It's because they don't believe that they can. That doesn't mean that you should stop and feel bad about it. Like, as I said today, like some, some guys, they told me like, no, you shouldn't play this because it's a hard field. But like, why? You know, I know I can, I know I'm capable of, and it's a baby steps for me to go forward. Very very nice. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't work for the poker site, really. But uh, I do think that the um, the promotion or sorry, what, what was the term? I feel ambassador ambassador. There you go. I mean, I feel like that that's going to happen, I think. I mean, this was huge exposure. And I think you kind of showed the world that you can hang with your with your cash and some of the hands you played. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's like you also have a really interesting story. It's not just like, oh, hey, I'm young and I like started playing poker and that's it. No, you've, I mean, all the other things you just enumerated that you did on this podcast, like I feel like add to that and why, I don't know, from my humble opinion, you know, a poker site could get behind making you part of their brand. 
you know? So, yeah. I mean, that's a, I think luck is when preparation meets opportunity. I love that quote that's been said before. And I think, again, you're putting yourself in constant situations where you have a, a chance to, to, to succeed, right? You're, you're putting yourself out there in competitions, doing magic, right? It's, you, you do magic in front of people. It's stressful or a comedian or playing poker or wh- whatever you're doing. You've done a lot of these things. So yeah, you, you have our endorsement, Brian Rast and myself, Jeff Gross, this on big free. We want to really wish you guys back into the show. Thank you so much to Malika for coming on. I don't know if you have any closing questions, Rast. I do want to tell, where can people follow you on, on socials? They can follow me on Instagram, Millie Razavi. Um, and, you know, I'm not active anywhere else, really. But I do updates on my stories on Instagram when I travel to Monaco, Barcelona, wherever I go that's poker. I'm updating on Instagram what's happening. So you can follow me there. Very cool. I know we've covered a lot. And again, I have had an interview with Malika before on my podcast, Jeff Gross Podcast. You guys can check that full interview out. We'll put that in the show more as well as her Instagram and rest. Do you have any closing thoughts, words, or uh, we covered a lot today on Big Free. It's good to be back. I kind of feel like my closing thought was the one I just said about the ambassadorship. You know, I mean, I, yeah, like definitely stamp it. should happen. Let's stamp it. We'll Boom. stamp it on there. You guys heard uh, it first. Let's bet within a year. Okay. okay. All right. I think I'm not, betting. I'm not happened, taking that action. What happened at Triton? Well, uh, I mean, you coming out here and I mean, the visibility on Triton is obviously super big. So yeah, you came and, you know, not only did you participate, but I mean, you had a run in the 30. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. And Next time, hopefully, when I'm doing an interview with you too, I will be ambassador. All right. All right. You guys heard it first. Big Free, another one of the books. We'll see you guys more soon than last time. We took a little break. It was summertime traveling, but we'll be back. Got a lot of guests lined up. We'll have a lot of fun. And thank you for watching. Bye. Thank you so much.